on this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast, a presentation of our Recap YouTube channel, available audio only everywhere you get your favorite podcast. We have an emergency edition, middle of the night, a passing bomb. Cody Bellinger and the Cubs are in agreement. They have agreed to a three-year, $80 million deal. Welcome into an emergency edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast. Available audio only everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. And of course, on our highly popular YouTube channel, The Recap, with my partner Gordon Wittenmeyer, who's covering baseball in Arizona. I'm David Kaplan. Middle of the night, a passing bomb. That's right. Happy days are here again. Cody Bellinger, baby, back to the Cubs. And guess what, Gordon? As I told you, not going to have to go near 200. Not going to have to give him five, six, seven, eight years. Uh-uh. It's it, ostensibly, if he has a good year, it's a one-year deal. Three-year deal. Uh, opt-outs after the first two. 80 million total. 30, 30, 20. Here comes the blue machine. Congratulations, Cap. Congratulations on getting your 83-win team back. It's uh, running back out there again. Let's see what Craig Council can do with the same boys as uh, Rossi had last year. Uh, good luck to you. Best of luck. I actually think, look, all kidding aside, I actually think that's a, that's a good deal. Um, I th- t- Tell me if I'm wrong, though. That's a franchise record AAV for a contract, is it not? Uh, Fran- yes, it is, because Jason Hayward's high water mark was 26-something. Yeah, so uh, so it's it's pretty good. I mean, the Cubs give a little on that end. Uh, they get way back on the on the length of the deal, so that's good. And, and Bellinger gets the opt out. Hey, if he has a monster year and the and the market looks better for him next year, he gets the opt out. So it it works. It's uh it's a little strange. I mean, it's a little strange. This whole market's been very strange, and it took this long. Um, and there's still a bunch of guys out there. So David Sampson posted yesterday. Uh, former president of the of the Florida and Miami Marlins, now working in the media. David Sampson went on and posted a video that I watched multiple times and went, I got to hear what he's saying again. He said, there's no collusion in baseball. This is anti-Scott Boris, period. He said, general managers are saying, enough. We're not caving into this guy, and we're going to wait him out. And if his guys don't want to play baseball, that's fine. And finally... The log jam breaks because I would think the other three big name Boris, actually four, JD Martinez rejected the Giants offer because he said, I simply don't want to play in San Francisco, which we've talked about. Uh, then you've got Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, and Matt Chapman. I would think these guys get done sooner rather than later. You? Maybe. I, I mean, look, and by the way, if. You know, we we've talked on this podcast about it. I love the idea of the Cubs adding Chapman as a as a run preventer. I mean, Bellinger is one of those guys. As a baseline, if he's playing, you know you're going to get a plus defense in center field. And if you add Matt Chapman, I don't know what ground ball gets through that infield. So that's that's the difference maker to me. Like Bellinger, you had to have, and 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 you know, kudos to the Cubs for getting it. You had to have that the big left handed bat. You needed him back in your lineup or a reasonable facsimile, and they didn't have that without him. If you add Chapman, that's that's making last year's team better. 
as you go into this year and a lot better. So I agree. But, you know, go back to that collusion thing. Look, man, three-year deal. Samson, Samson's a shield for ownership. He's, he's a management guy. And so you take that with a grain of salt. Uh, if, if, if what he's insinuating is that the industry is, is uh, sort of in lockstep in telling, you know, Boris, any single agent to go pound sand, then that is collusion by definition. Whether it's legal or not is a different matter. Good luck proving it and the whole thing. But this is a three-year deal. Um, there were a lot of three-year deals. Look, when collusion was proven in the 80s, that was one of the common threads. Like the long-term deals were all three-year deals. That's the sweet spot for management on what they consider a long-term deal. So the rest of it's tied to AAV because that's tied to the luxury tax threshold. And big market teams can go higher on that. And other teams have different budgets and so on and so forth. But if if everybody's kind of giving out the same length contracts and the offers are similar and then, then yes, it is collusion. And we already know that that's, that's the trend in how they operate. They, Manfred did unilaterally everything he could on the amateur side to cap spending. They've, they have finally convinced all the teams to abide by a file and trial policy and arbitration, which means you don't negotiate after the numbers deadlines. And that's reigning in arbitration salaries. So they're doing this at every level as an industry. So don't tell me, like, if you want to split hairs on what's legally collusion, we can go all day on that. But, but Gordon, it's there's not a, collusion. There's if guys, it's not collusion if Jed Hoyer says, I'm tired of getting played where I'm pl- betting against myself. I'm negotiating against right. myself. Oh, we got that offer and we got it done. It's guys finally waking up going, Hey, I'll pay your guy really well AAV wise. I'm not going to get snookered into a Chris Bryant eight for 182 or a 10 year deal. Not going to happen. You know, again, whether this is the, the sort of, uh, uh, quantification methodology in the game, the computerization of it, that it lands everybody on the same, uh, same valuation models or whether it's actually discussing it via emails and in, and in backdoor you know, backroom meetings, it's the same. You're landing in the same place, an, an industry that's thinking the same. And, and when that, when it's, it's hard when they have all these meetings and they openly talk about discussing uh, player valuations and salaries as it relates to arbitration and what have you, it's hard not to see that as, it's at least collusion adjacent, right? Again, it's collusion by the dictionary definition of it. Whether it's the legal definition is is another matter. I, Manfred's not dumb uh, for as much as people might not like him, and he is a labor lawyer. So this is why he was brought in. The, the, remember, he was the guy outside counsel brought in right about the time the 94 strike happened, and that was about salary caps. So Yes, under Rob Manfred, they have they have been way more sophisticated as an industry in how they pay players, and so it's uh, you say it's not collusion, whatever you want to call it, it is an industry think thing. All right, how does this affect? First, we'll do the Cubs, leave the division to the side. How does this affect the lineup? Because 
Pete Carr Armstrong, a lot of people said, hey, let's give this kid a chance. Me, one of them. Let's give this kid a chance. Let's see if he can win the center field job. They went out and traded a really good pitching prospect to go get Michael Bush, the PCL player of the year, number two prospect in the Dodgers system, to go get him to ostensibly play some first base, potentially a little bit of third. He also can play second base. So how does this affect the lineup with Bellinger back? Well, the hitting lineup, he goes right back in the middle of it, and you build your lineup around him. He's in the three hole. Yeah, and you build around him as as your big left-handed bat. By and large, the best teams throughout history in baseball have had a big left-handed bat in the middle, and we know that in Chicago with Anthony Rizzo. Chris Bryant was a better hitter than him a lot of those years, but Rizzo was the guy they built the lineup around. So it's hard to really overstate how important it is to have that guy that's your everyday left-handed power bat in the middle of your order. And we've already alluded to it, and you mentioned PCA, the guy is a plus defender in the outfield. Yes. That's a big that's a big deal. And if he's a plus defender in center behind those two guys on the in the middle infield who might be the best middle infield in the game, that's one hell of a baseline for run prevention, especially with some of the contact guys you have in your on your pitching staff. So that what how it's impacted their lineup is it's in that that's the individual impact on the defense and and the hitting lineup. But what it's done for the team is this was a necessary, this was the necessary piece they needed to have to be able to go in and have a baseline, a floor for competing this year in this division. Now, if they were in another division, this would be an entirely different conversation. But this gave them a bona fide, realistic chance to think that they can go in and win this division with with other teams that still have a chance. And with roughly the same team as last year. Now, again, if you were to go add Matt Chapman, they would be the favorites. They might be the Vegas favorites right now. I would I would think this could move the line that way, especially with all the all the money that typically comes oh, in. Okay, I team. would tell you this. Jed Hoyer, he's never going to say it because he's got to do business with the biggest name agent in the sport going forward. This is a huge win for Jed Hoyer. Huge. Yeah, it, assuming that it's everything that we think it's going to be. I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue that with you. I'll, I'll okay. give you that. Here's the you other thing. thing. Oh, go this ahead. Go is, ahead. This is Craig council waking up this morning going, there's no chance that if I was in Milwaukee, they would have ever paid $30 million a year to get him. I don't care how short or long the deal is. This deal right here is why I came to Chicago. Well, don't forget that when Craig council was the manager in Milwaukee, I believe he was the manager when they went and got Yelich. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Lorenzo Kane, I think the same winner, and then they extended Yelich to the franchise's biggest contract, a contract, by the way, that still is bigger than, I, I believe it's bigger than anything the Cubs have ever given anybody. So, uh, so, you know, there's, he's with a team that generally spends more, but it's not like Milwaukee never spent on a player when he was there either. So that, that, that that's kind of a narrative that, that, uh, that gets, uh, said i'll so, say this cap you know yeah you're right Th- this, his this contract was, was seven years 188.5 so it was four 4.5 million in total value more than jason hayward's right so there you go and how many years was it again seven seven 
So it was a higher AAV than than. Uh, oh well. yeah, because Hay Haywards was eight. Hey, Haywards was eight. Yeah, correct. Okay. The other thing about this is, uh, I I agree with you. It's a victory for Jed Hoyer. I mean, you know, good on him. I mean, he he's he wound up getting the guy. It was a dangerous game. It was a dangerous game he was playing, but he won. Okay, so I'll give him that. But here's the here's the thing. I'll tell you. So doesn't that make doesn't that make in in some ways even kind of more ludicrous some of the stuff that Tom was saying on day one? How does that stuff come out of your mouth when this is still in play? Like, why would you even go there on some of that stuff? And, you know, make it sound like this team we have right now can can we think we, it can win. And uh, the Jed's done a great job this offseason in putting this team together. And uh, we don't you know, we don't spend just to spend. And well, what would it take to spend more money, more revenue? You know, why can't you say we might not be done yet? You know, it's not opening day yet. There's why does he need up. to say that? Because he was asked this and he's going public. It's a messaging thing to your fans. You're trying to sell effing tickets. He came off. We talked about it then. You were pissed, Cap. You were pissed the way he talked that day. And all he had to do was leave the door open. All he had to do was be vague, a a little more vague, instead of being so kind of self-righteous about the money side of things. Hold on a second, Gordon. Oh, there we now you're changing. You said it's a messaging thing, and six days after he spoke, he's taking that message and sticking it to everyone. Going, no, he's not. Take that. No, he's not. Jed got the deal done. I'm putting take that because it doesn't really matter what his message was on Monday. They got the effing deal done. This is this is classic, Cap. Classic. That I mean, you you just turned on a dime here. Look, what I'm saying is how. How unnecessary, you know, I'm I'm trying to stop short of saying it's dumb or or bad PR advice, but how unnecessary was it to say some of the shit that pissed everybody off on Monday? When he says that shit, is there any chance that Cody Bellinger hears that probably and says to his his wife, all right, I got to get this thing done. I I don't want to play in San Francisco or Toronto or heaven forbid Pittsburgh. I want to be a goddamn cub. They're going to pay me enough. Scott, I'm tired of you playing games. Get it done. I'm not going to give him that much credit for playing chess in the free agent market. You don't think his president of baseball operations said to him, do not under any circumstances say we might not be done because you're playing right into Scott's hands. Why? Jed already said they might not be done. It's different when the owner speaks. Then you get trapped. Well, how much would you add? Hey, man, we need more revenue. That's it. The bottom line is six days that was, later, that was the line Tom Ricketts and Jed Hoyer are having their morning coffee like I am going, hey, get your emergency podcast ready. Take that. <laughs> All right, Cap, you, whatever you say. I, I, think, I, I think it was I think it was. I'm giving deal. you my number. You want my number? 87 wins this year. That's what they win. 87 wins. That's not outrageous. I mean, they won 83 with the same team last year. Uh, Steele had a breakout year. Your middle infield both won gold gloves. Bellinger had a really nice year, even though he spent time on the IL. If he's healthy all year, maybe those numbers are even better. On the other hand, they were really, really good numbers, so it's going to be hard to replicate. Um, yeah, Bush, we'll see. Yeah, you don't know, Stroman. Imanaga is a key to that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not crazy. But they could also win 82. They could win 
80. Well, sure. Anyone can have injuries, but guess what? There's also wiggle room left in July. If this team's around the race, look out, doctor. Here we go. I, you know, I was, I kind of wondered what the rest of the division thought of this move when they, when they woke up to Bellinger to join in the Cubs, because the talk right in spring in this division was that this sucker's wide open. Yeah. The Brewers probably took a step back. The, the, the Cardinals added some pitchers, but they were in last place last year. Pirates are the pirates. And, and, and the, the Cubs were kind of this team that, if they don't add anybody else, if this is the team, as we talked about, not as good on paper as they finished the season and the Reds added and the Reds have th- these young players with really high ceilings. If, if any of those guys, you know, have and the Brewer, Brewers are out there. Well, I was saying, but Brewers traded Corbin Burns. So that kind of, um, that's one, it adds a variable to it, right? That's one, you know, sort of baseline piece that you could count on. It's not there anymore. They got, they got a pretty good haul for him. And some of those guys are going to help them this year. Who knows? And they got one of the best prospects, if not the best prospect in the division, going to be playing for them this year in Chorio. So they, they could be there, but there were all these, there were all these questions with every team in the division, even the teams that had talent. It looked like a four team race and it could go any way. And now, so I wondered what the rest of the division thought when they woke up to Bellinger. And so I talked to the Reds guys and uh, to a man, I mean, they were like, well, Makes them the same team as they had last year, doesn't it? And and no. we beat them in the se- we beat them in the season series, didn't we? One guy said, uh, "Yeah, I'd like to." Uh, I said, "He said, I said, I think that's good. They signed Bellinger. Let's go beat them with Bellinger, like we did last year." And so, uh, and then a couple of guys pointed out they added a lot of pitching. The, the, so they were a team that finished one game behind the Cubs last year and added a lot of pitching. And those young players are going to be another year developed. And they added they added your boy Jamer Candelario, so they think they're a lot better he, than they were. He's last the year. Jamer's a great guy. He's the epitome of meh. Yeah. Uh, well, that's better than you got at third base right now. Uh, not necessarily. Did you see Christopher Morrell hit a laser beam out against the White Sox the other day? Here we go. Well, by the way, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the operative uh, fact there is that that it was. White Sox, or whether that it was spring training, it, it means approximately the same. Zero. Go ahead. My my son and I are going to go. We decided this morning we're going to go find a local card shop on the advice of Justin Steele. Do you see what he said? What did he say? Wow. I watched this Imanaga guy throw. Okay, I got to start Perfect. investing in rookie cards. This guy's filthy. Okay. Let's go. Show to Imanaga, baby. <laughs> you know, Cap, because you're my friend, I'm very happy for you. I, I, I love seeing you smile and, and get all excited. But uh, as, as you pointed out, season hasn't started yet. <laughs> we got a ways to go. It's got to stay yeah. healthy. Let's go. That. I know the new media relations director and shout out John Steinmiller, who left the Blackhawks to take over for Jason Carr with the Cubs. Congratulations to Steiny. I know him well. If you need credentials or anything in Chicago, <laughs> when the playoffs start, I'm your guy. Call me. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm good. Uh, on, uh, <laughs> All right, have a great day. Cubs get Bellinger done. Three years, eighty million opt outs after the first two. The salaries are thirty, thirty, and eighty. It's thirty, thirty, and twenty for a total of eighty, according to Passon Rosenthal, Jesse Rogers. So it's all done. He'll be in camp today or tomorrow. He's been working out in Arizona at the Boris Complex. 
Let's go. Have a great Good day. Good luck, Cap. Appreciate it. I'll see you soon. For Gordon Wittenmeyer, I'm David Kaplan. Make sure you hit that little bell right there. It's a notif- notification every time we post new content. Emergency podcast drop whenever we get big breaking news like this. Cody Bellinger and the Cubs have a three-year contract agreed to. Have a great rest of your day. Gordon and I will have another episode dropping later in the week unless, oh, I don't know, maybe Shohei Otani asked for a trade after a few weeks in uh, Arizona. (laughs) Have a great day, Gordon. For Gordon, I'm Cap. Have a good Sunday. Take that.